Welcome to the Christian Car Guy radio show, the talk show dedicated to helping Christians buy and sell cars by the book, not the blue book, not the orange book, but by God's book, the Bible. Call the Christian Car Guy with your questions, 1-866-34-TRUTH. That's 1-866-348-7884. What does being a Christian have to do with buying a car? You're about to find out. Here's your host, Robbie Dillmore. Man, oh man, did God give me some stuff this week. And so as a result, I believe he's got a lot for you listening today. And as we go through that, I just kind of sit back. Have you ever had one of those weeks where you just felt like you're on a download and God gave you this and then he gave you that? And wow. So one of the cool things we get to give you today is coming up at the bottom of the hour, Christian Car Guy Theater, Nahum's Matt Part 3. Essentially, will Blake get out of the mine or will he get the shaft? I mean, you just got to wonder. <laughs> so truly, we finished the script Sunday night, and that was one of the huge things for me this week is I had really been working on this project of Nahum's Matt maybe for a couple years. God gave me this concept of what happened there in that story of you know the paralytic being lowered through the roof and if you look at the way that it's described in the book of Mark, which is what we use in Nahum Matt, Nahum's Matt, you know, these guys go to all this trouble to lower their friend down on the mat to Jesus. Took people's roof apart to do it. Yeah, yeah, a lot of trouble. And when they get it down there, what does Jesus say? Take heart, your sins are forgiven. Well, when I read that, I was like, that just seems so out of order, Jesus. They were looking, everybody was expecting the man to be healed and to be able to walk. And, and, and as I began to pray through that and see it, you know, that there was a lot going on there. Now, I know this isn't necessarily the way that it went down, but it occurred to me that Nahum's buddies that were lowering him down on the mat would have had to forgive him for a lot of things along the line. And that actually to have friends like that, that would lower you down as a paralytic, those, it could have been that Jesus was acknowledging how good of friends this man had. Take heart, your sins are forgiven. Because if you're any kind of human, you've probably sinned against your friends a lot, especially your good friends. And so it occurred to me that the people that were lowering him on the mat would have already, and that could have been what Jesus was acknowledging. But again, he, you know, he comes back and says, but so you'll know that the son of man has the authority to forgive sins, you know, cause he knew that the Pharisees were all speaking. So once I had that concept, I really wanted to do a drama about that. And at the time I was working on a project with uh, Hobby Lobby on a show called passages, which was a drama like Christian car guy theater. And I really wanted to do this concept and that kind of thing. And then when we started doing Christian Car Guy Theater, I, you know, we began to write out this script. And to see it come to life with the amazing actors and all the stuff, and you'll get to hear it at the bottom of the hour, was just so cool. And then to get to add the car parts in it, you know, which are the rocker arms. And, and then I really did not know how the, the, the script was going to end. But if you start writing a script and you, God gives you an idea like he gave me for Nahum's Matt, he showed me what he was going to do with the rocker arms. And I, when I realized that he was going to use these broken rocker arms, I realized that he, he used sort of a broken Robbie to do the Christian Car Guy show. He uses a broken Bob daily to, to do the Christian Car Guy show. So I was, I was blown away at first how God used um, the, the broken rocker arms, which you're going to find out when you listen to the story today, but also the last line in the drama. 
I, it just had me crying when I wrote it out. God gave it to me, and I never. And you know, I'd been working on this for a long time. And when God gave me that line, I'm just sitting there crying. Well, <laughs> Bob, last night I was playing the show from you know the 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 drama for my family around the dinner table, and they're like, "What are you crying?" <laughs> I was sitting there bawling because I just do what God had for me at the end of that project and now he's going to have it for you i hope i've set it up so you're hungry enough to listen to nahum's mad that's coming up at the bottom of the hour and of course we enjoy playing our new game and with that we have a game to play today so alex hit it it's time to play define that defect resolve that roar trace that tick highlight that hubbub name that noise Chronicle that clatter. So we are going to play Name That Noise today, and you can win by calling 866-348-7884. That's 866-348-7884 if you can name this noise. is a diesel car that you're hearing besides the obvious squeal that you're hearing so i'm not asking you to name the noise of the diesel car but it was such an awesome squeal that uh, you know that i thought wow that would be a fun one for people to call in and name that noise 866-348-7884 if you can name that particular noise not the diesel engine but the squeal that you're hearing 866-348-7884 and if you can name that noise alex Tell them what they'll win. Well, Robbie, they could win either the Last Words of Jesus book or the Last Words of Jesus CD. It's their choice. All right. The Last Words of Jesus written by our very own Stu Epperson. That is available when you call in to name that noise. 866-348-7884. 866-34-TRUTH. And I, well, we get a little extra music there. But I also want to give a shout out. <laughs> Bob, we were blessed. You know, I'm always blessed by to hear how people enjoy the show. And um, one of your guys made mention of a group um, that listened to the show every week. And I want to shout out to him, Gary Cook and your guys down there listening. I understand that uh, your friend um, uh, Terry is going to ar- arrange for us to go down and speak with him. Sounds good. But I am just thrilled and honored often by the people that, that are touched by the show. And I'm so grateful for that. And again, being the Christian Car Guy show, I want to mention our Jesus labor love. That's car repair labor. Were you going to say something, Bob? Yes. When uh, I heard about Gary and his group that listened to us, it it just really had an impact. It was right after I'd done the show and uh, when Rob, in Robbie's absence the last time. And uh, I was kind of not feeling like I'd done great or not feeling like I'd had anything to say to anybody that day and wasn't sure that wasn't feeling great about my performance on the show. And uh, right after that, Terry grabbed me and he says, man, I tell you, I talked to a buddy of mine and he said, what an impact y'all have had on his life and everything and, and some friends of his that they listened to the show together. And it was just exactly what I needed to hear at the exact time I needed to hear it because I was a little down and out about the way things had gone. I just didn't feel like I'd been prepared enough and uh, it, it gave me what I needed. 
It's amazing how God shows up when we don't. (laughs) (laughs) And that's all, you know, that's the thing about it is, is is God's going to be there and he's going to show up and we're, you know, that's our whole prayer every week is that he would steal the show in whatever way possible that he can do that. But getting to the Jesus labor love last week, I mentioned that there was a lady in Raleigh that we were praying for that was homeless and they were trying to find a house and she was trying to get her car state inspected. And, and, uh, could I just say that my listeners or, you know, our listeners were just tremendously faithful in sending in the resources. And not only, we didn't even have to get her a waiver, Bob, we got her car actually state inspected. So, you know, she can move on, you know, to you for years of service now because her car, um, was, you know, completely repaired. She got it state inspected and it's just a blessing. And so if you never heard of the Jesus labor love, but that's car repair labor for single moms, widows, families in crisis. And I would also say along those lines that this week, um, I, as always, I have things that I have no way of knowing how I can meet the need. And it is my new, normal practice now. The Lord has really put it on my heart that whenever I have one of these folks on the phone with me and I'm talking about whatever their need is, at the end, I just always ask them if, they, if they'll pray with me. And quite often, unfortunately, more than 50% of our applicants have no church affiliation, which kind of breaks my heart because, you know, Bob, you know, and I know that church is where we get our community and we have people to hold us up. And when somebody's out there trying to loan in it, you know, they're alone, it's, it's hard. And this, this particular lady was alone. And so I asked if I could pray and I could tell that was awkward for her, but she said, well, yeah, I guess, you know, and so I prayed the same kind of thing I would always pray, which is, Lord, I, I don't know what to do here. We need your help. We need resources. You, you promised that you know, you're going to help us when we. So we reached out and, and like that. And after I got done, Bob, she said, Robbie, is it right if we talk about something other than my car? And I said, yeah, sure. And she went on and shared a couple of really tough things that had gone on in her life. And you know, enough to really make me cry that God would put me in a position to pray with this lady. And it was quite obvious that nobody had prayed with her in a long time. And as soon as that connection from her to God happened, she immediately had things that she needed to download. And it just reminds me, Bob, we have that opportunity in every conversation we have with everybody today. It's amazing that you say that because just yesterday a guy called and he was his lost his son in 2008, and he was just getting rid of his son's car. And we connected and had a great conversation. Well, we got Howard in Everett, Washington. He's going to name that noise for us when we get back, or maybe you would like to try eight six six three four eight seven eight eight four. We have so much Christian Car Guy show. I'm so glad you wait till you hear our appraisal by the Real Black Book. Stay tuned; it's all coming up. Music from the last words of Jesus CD and the, the very CD you can win if you can name that noise. You're listening to the Christian Car Guy show. Of course, ChristianCarGuy.com. You're going to find Nahum's Matt. You can listen to it online or any of the Christian Car Guy theaters. We all about the Jesus labor love the articles about what we're going to talk about today on our appraisal by the real black book. Hundreds of articles on cars, all that stuff's at ChristianCarGuy.com. But right now, we want to play Name That Noise with Howard in Everett, Washington. 
Am I saying that right, Howard? Yes. It's Everett. Okay. Well, are you ready to play Name That Noise? I am. All right. Alex, hit that noise one more time. So Howard, fresh listen. All right, Howard. What do you think? Name that noise. Squealing brakes. <laughs> they are too, aren't they? I mean, those are some squealers. And uh, yes, sir. what do you think's going on with it? Oh, new pads probably need got a lot of dirt and dust, and they're probably heated up. There you go. And sitting underneath that diesel, that's exactly what's going on. Well, Howard, congratulations. You're a winner on Name That Noise. God bless you. God bless you, too. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Have a good day. Yeah, and there, there's a – we want to talk about brakes here for a minute because it's a critical part of, obviously, the safety of your vehicle. And if you hear that particular type of squeak, you know, there's different kind of brake squeaks. And sometimes – you get this metal to metal, which is more of a squeal than it is a squeak. And given the choice of the two, Bob, we want the squeak because the squeak is telling you that, A, yeah, like he said, it could be there's some dirt or stuff, debris that's in there and it may not need any serious work. But quite often that squeak is a wear indicator. And the squeak's headed to a scrub and the scrub, <clears throat> the scrub is extra expense for the rotor, you know, rotor repair too. Right. So if you can get it corrected while it's still a squeak, <laughs> you know, you're saving money. You're ahead of the game because there's actually a little metal tab that's in the brake pads themselves that when the brakes get so far, it's meant to rub up against the rotor and create that very noise, that squeak to let you know that you're there. And so when you hear that, it's time to do something before you get to the scrubbing noise that Bob described, which is the, the noise that comes after that one. Every time you hear that noise, there's metal coming off your rotors, which is costing money, Bob, isn't it? Cha-ching. But you like those rotors. They, they work out good for you. <laughs> We'd rather people repair their car in time where they just could get by with pads. But if they don't, we're sitting here waiting for them. Yeah, which is, 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 is another opportunity for folks. Metal like that, can you explain this worth more than just plain metal, right? It is uh, autocast as a, as a higher value. And, and I can't say exactly why, but, you know, like a regular car, you know, you got a fender and a bumper and part of the bumper is plastic and everything. But with the, uh, you know, when we sell a load of the AutoCast, it's all 100% metal. So the brake rotors themselves, what are another example of AutoCast? Drums, brake drums, the calipers, the, uh, the part that holds the uh, brake pads, it it's uh, AutoCast too. All right. So that's one of the issues that could be going on with your brakes. But what we find, you know, I appraised cars for all those years. It would happen all the time that I would see going on with the people's brakes is they would have this pulsation. Now, what that means is, that, you know, if you have analog brakes, obviously, if you slam on the brakes, the analog brakes, you'll feel this, you know, real quick pulsation. That's a different pulsation what I'm talking about. The pulsation I'm talking about is especially like when you get off the interstate after you've been running a while and when you start pulling up to that stop sign and we're getting off the exit, all of a sudden, you know, you feel like your steering wheel is jumping up and down in your hand or on the brake pad, you know, you feel this pulsation. That comes from normally warped rotors. Oh, overheated or uh, there is a condition where they put you, can put your wheels on too tight and yeah. uh, torque it down too hard and that can actually add to uh, warping of rotors. 
Right. And there's a lot to that subject, but essentially the more that vibration is, the less safe your car becomes because you're not getting a full, you know, grip on the rotor because every place that has not got surface to surface, there's no braking pressure being applied. So when you feel that pulsation, you're actually losing the stopping distance of your car. So it's, it's, it's a safety consideration um, to make sure you get that done. Now, a lot's happened there because over the years, the manufacturers, one of the things they were always trying to do, they're sitting there, we're waking up at night trying to figure out how to do it, is to get the weight out of the car. Well, one of the ways that they got weight out of the car was to reduce the thickness of the rotors. Well, when you reduce the thickness of the rotors, when they get hot, like you're going down a mountain road, and you know after you've gone down, you've gone down, and now you go through a big mud puddle, well, that immediately cools it off, and guess what happens to metal sometimes when you get it hot and you get it cold? Or like Bob says, people torque them on there wrong. There's lots of ways that the rotors warp. But essentially, once it's happened, you know, normally they're going to need to be replaced. The good news is, as the manufacturers made the, the rotors less thick, they also became less expensive. And the price of a rotor today compared to what they were, like, say, 15 years ago, there's no comparison. And so the good news is they're a lot less expensive. The bad news is it's a lot more common to, to replace them. And so it was, of course, back in the days before we had disc brakes on the front, we didn't ever feel that type of sensation. But now with rotors, you know, that's a pretty common thing. The next thing along those lines, and again, well, I should say, I'm so excited to play this Christian Car Guy Theater. It's coming up at the bottom of the hour. And then my appraisal by The Real Black Book, what God shared with me this week on forgiveness is really, truly an amazing family understanding that I have never had before that the Bible gave me that God gave me and I want to share with that that's going to come up in our appraisal by the real black book but the next thing right now on brakes that I want to talk about is low brake fluid now when that brake light comes on in your car <laughs> it can a lot of times people think well I just left my emergency brake on no <laughs> not necessarily that is a red light and it's a red light for a reason because there's a problem with the pressure in your brakes that's how that's what triggers that red light other than the emergency brake being on. So what's causing that low pressure could be low brake fluid. But a huge concern is if the master cylinder starts to to the seals leak, then when you push down on your pedal, it may go right to the floor. And so when you see that red light come on, that brake light, this isn't something like, wow, I need to have it checked. That's something like, wow, it's time to call a tow truck if the emergency brake is, because you it's really not a safe thing to drive with a brake light on unless you're low on brake fluid. So when we come back, Christian Car Guy Theater, I'm so excited about that. And then, oh man, what we're going to talk about, forgiveness. Time now for Christian Car Guy Theater with today's episode, Nahum's Mat, Part 3. Previously on Nahum's Mat. Stand by Mountain Rescue Team C for emergency Beaver County Sheriff's Report. We have four missing hikers. Repeat, four missing hikers due back last night. We'll identify as the Andrews Group. Dorina, he's unconscious. I can reach down and touch his face and feel his hair, but he's not moving. Marcy, Marcy, grab the rug. Can you see it? I see a streak of light down there. Can you see it? Marcy? Yes, I can see it, but I'm not leaving Blake. Huh, there's some kind of old writing on that rug. Maybe it's a map out of here. It says, let's see, it says, Nahum's Mat, Mark 2. What in the world? More craziness. 
I'm not leaving Blake. Man, this is too creepy. You guys, listen to this Bible story. And they came bringing to him a paralytic carried by four men. And when they could not get near him because of the crowd, they removed the roof above him. And when they had made an opening, they let down the bed on which the paralytic lay. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven. Who's out there? Scram! Get out of here before I set you all on fire! Hey! Is anyone down there? Are, are you the Andrews hikers? Oh, yes, it's us! Yes! Yes, oh, Yes, it's God, us! We fell down this well, old mine shaft. Be careful or you'll fall through as well. Don't, don't come any closer. Meanwhile, the rocker arms that were broken on Jimmy's Jeep were still in his pocket. When the rocker arms came to understand, their predicament was similar to the hikers. Rex, I'm guessing that we are in the same situation here. Now, we forgive Mick and Roxy. We can be placing them in a place of healing at Jesus' feet. Then Dorina cried out from the shaft. Forgiveness may be easy for you, Jeff and Marcy, but I am not about to destroy my life by allowing Blake in it again. It don't matter much now, anyhow. I don't think I have ten more breaths. Hey, down in the shaft, I think this is old Nahum. He knows this mine like the back of his hand. Hold on. This is bad, bad. The most important thing right now, boy, is do you know if you die, will you go to heaven? <coughs> Never thought about it. Right now then, boy. Do you know Jesus? Do you know what he did for you? Do you know he's God's son? Dorina, we have got to forgive Blake right now. It may be the only chance he has to be in heaven and not to spend eternity in hell. Dorina, you have got to let him down on the mat, just like Jeff said. Let him down to Jesus' feet. And now, episode three. Well, Jimmy, we've done what we could with his soul. Now let's see if we can get him out of there. The rest of you three pray. Jimmy, the old cage ain't far from where Blake's laying. If we can get him in that old cage, and then about three or four of these cheese weights on the winder cable should give him quite a ride to the top side. So you better call the sheriff and get a chopper up here pronto. We gotta transport him. Breaker, this is Mountain Rescue C. Sheriff Nahum got here and says he has a plan to get Blake out. Can you get a chopper up here to transport him? Roger that, Jimmy. We'll dispatch one immediately. Still be 20 minutes or so. Well, it'll probably take us that long to get him topside anyway. Let's get going. Hey, you hikers in the mine. Jimmy and I are going to ride the cage down close to you. Whoever's the closest to Blake, when you hear the cage start lowering to you, then start screaming so we know where to look. Nahum and Jimmy made their way to the old head frame where the elevator that brought up miners and the ore called a cage was located. Nahum was explaining to Jimmy. Now, Jimmy, those kids are trapped on different levels of the original ventilation shaft. The cage shaft is only a few feet from them. Pray we can get to Blake in time. Here, grab a couple of these cheese weights for the ride back. A couple for these babies. We'll get us down fast and then put them on the winder cable to ease the ride back topside. While Jimmy and Nahum were loading the cage with rescue equipment, down in the mine, the conversation continued. Blake, hang in there. 
There's help on the way! Blake, buddy, stay awake. It won't be long. I forgive you. Just hang in with us. Please, don't let go. I can't even hear him breathing. Blake! Come back! Don't leave us! Oh, oh God! No! No, 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 no! Blake, I forgive you. God knows I forgive you. Oh, oh Jesus. Please. Please. If you can't, if you can't keep him breathing, please just help him to eternity with you. Oh, Jesus, save him. I don't want him to suffer forever. I want him to be there with you. Oh, Jesus. Serena, I'm so, so sorry. Forgiveness. God, forgiveness. I don't deserve this. How? Why would you? (coughs) I need you, Jesus. I need to find my way. I admit, I've messed up all this. I... I believe you are God, son. I believe you are God's son. I believe you can show us. Show me the way. Um, I, I think I hear them. Right here! Right here! Can you hear me? Alright, let's see what we got here. Yep, we're here. Let's take a look. As the cage opens, Nahum sees what he was hoping for. Blake is lodged in a manhole cut into the side of the ventilation shaft and fairly accessible. Except, a fallen timber that blocked part of the way. Blake, can you see the light? We're here for you. Blake, Blake, can you hear us? Sounds like he passed out again, Jimmy. Hurry, hurry. Jimmy, grab that pry bar. I'll wedge that timber up a bit, and when I do, slide one of those big cheese weights under it to support it. Jimmy, now. Let me see if I can get to him now. I I got him, Nahum, but I need another few inches to slide him under that timber. Not sure we have enough leverage to get it high enough to take another cheese weight. Besides, it about caved in with the last one. I wish we had something about six inches high, strong enough to hold that timber. Hey, Nahum, I I have these broken rocker arms I was hoping to replace or something. Maybe these would work. Ha! Rex, I knew God would find a use for our brokenness. Vic, Roxy, did you hear that? We just need to stack up for this task, and we can help save Blake. Really? What a prayer, Renee. Who would have thought we'd be pushing up timber? Rex and Renee, your God rocks. I never would have thought we could stack up again. Renee, what an amazing God that can use broken rockers. Look how these babies stack together, Nahum. I think it will work. All right, I'll get another shove, then you prop up that timber. Ah, 
That's it, ma'am. I got him. Okay, Jimmy. Slide him in that cage and I'll put those weights on the winder cable. I decided to come myself, Jimmy. Let's get Blake hooked up to this oxygen first. Is he breathing? Yeah, he's breathing. He, he's unconscious, but he's got a pretty good pulse. Six months later at Beaver County Hospital. It's a boy, Tarina. It's a boy. Do you want to name him what we said? Yeah. Oh. His name is Nahum Matthew Andrews. God's gift to us in so many ways. And we'll just call him Matt. <laughs> this episode of Christian Carguy Theater, Nahum's Matt, starred Ann Alt, Chris Van Cleve, Bert Rosenberg, Ellen Kennedy, and Alex Seals. Written by Robbie Dilmore and Ann Alt. Produced and directed by the Christian Car Guy. So as you listen to that uh, episode of Christian Car Guy Theater, you, you, you kind of wonder, wow, how do you manage that kind of forgiveness? How is it that um, Darina was able to do that? Well, God, it was interesting. In this very week that I was working on that, God downloaded something that just blew my socks off. And so when we come back, I am going to share an amazing family discovery that God gave me this week on our appraisal by the Real Black Book. When we come back, stay tuned. Got a lot more Christian Car Guy show coming up. It'll clear the bitterness away. It can even set a prisoner free. There is no end to what its power can do. So let it go and be amazed by what you see through eyes of grace The prisoner that it really frees is you Forgiveness to do that how to do the impossible and honestly he answered my prayer to some extent this week and i get to share that with you in this amazing family discovery that i want to share with you in our appraisal by the real black book but before i get to that i want to mention that maybe you just heard this was the first time you heard names mad or the first time you heard christian car guy theater where they were there two other episodes that led up to today's episode and you can go to christiancarguy.com and catch up on all the episodes now there's seven episodes of christian car guy theater but that was the third one in a series on nahum's mat which again god's provided us with some amazing actors and and all this that he's done in order to create that and, and to hear it last night for the first time just you know kind of blew me away what god all it, what he had done with it in 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 providing the script but it, it it's more mind blowing to me that he also downloaded this to me on forgiveness this week. It it was so 
mind-blowing to me that when I grasped the concepts that God was teaching me, I immediately felt compelled to write my entire family a letter. I wrote it to my mother, my father, my sisters, my brother. I wrote it to all my children in, in hopes that we will all grasp this <clears throat> idea of, of love and forgiveness in this way that God has showed me. So what I want to do is actually just kind of read you the letter as the way that I shared it with my family. So if it sounds like I'm talking to my family, well, it, my listeners are my family. <laughs> I mean, God tells us in Mark 10, right, that we're going to have a hundred times as many fathers, sisters, and brothers, and you guys are all that. So here you go. An amazing family discovery. And I'll bet it's like this in your family too. And it's called love and forgiveness. Starts out family whom I dearly love each one of you. I have discovered a God truth and that the more I consider it, the more I would rank it as second only to salvation and the freedom available at application. Years and years of Bible study have found me here and is my prayer that all of you would strongly consider what I now believe is the truth that I represent here. And here's how it came about. The verse that brought it up is Jeremiah 31, 34. And no longer shall each one teach his neighbor and each his brother saying, know the Lord, for they shall all know me. From the least of these to the greatest, declares the Lord, for I will forgive their iniquity and I will remember their sin no more. Well, last Wednesday I was struggling, and this was actually two Wednesdays ago, and last Wednesday I was just struggling to understand that verse in the new covenant as part of Jeremiah 31, 33 is the new covenant. So I knew that this was vital, but when I read the interlinear Hebrew translation, it was totally baffling me because it appeared that the no more, in other words, I'll remember their sins no more, had been arbitrarily added. And so when you just put it in there as God will remember their sins, it's kind of hard to understand. <laughs> In other words, there was the Hebrew word for remember, and there was the Hebrew word for sin on the interlinear Bible, but there was nothing for the no more. And I went and I asked my Thursday morning men's group that I meet with, and they, we do Bible study every Thursday morning. We spend a lot of time on it, and there was no help there. I read every commentary I could find, and there was no help there, and I was simply just stumped. Well, if you listened last week, and last week at the Christian Car Guy website, I had uh, published an article. And so later on Saturday afternoon, last Saturday afternoon, John Mark, a brother and who's actually a Hebrew scholar, amazing man, he just happened to text me about the article that I posted last week at the website. He was actually disagreeing with my Hebrew interpretation there, which that in itself is really cool. And you can go see that article that I published last week. So as long as he was correcting me, I thought, well, well let me just ask you about my struggle here in Jeremiah. I already knew that God was going to teach me something amazing because anytime you're struggling with scripture, you know God's got something that you need to learn. Well, the first thing that I learned was that interlinear Bibles are quite incomplete at translating every jot and tittle, and that was what was going on. But they are a good tool, but there's nothing like knowing Hebrew. Well, the second thing that my friend taught me was worth the struggle. He went on to explain that God, when you spell God in Hebrew, it's spelled E-L. So you've heard El Shaddai and those kind of things that E-L means God. Well, if you spell it backwards, which would then be L-E or L-A, depending on how you look at the letters, it means not. In other words, <laughs> that and, and in a Hebrew is a picture language. So when they draw out E-L, they're drawing a picture of God from their perspective. Well, to reverse that, to turn it on backwards, you're going to describe not. And so when you think about that, it's like the opposite of to be is to not be. 
right? And so that very cool word, God backwards, means not. And so when you put that in front of remember, when he said, I will not remember your sins, that's how they got, I will remember their sins no more. Well, as I really started to consider, wait a minute, if that means he's not going to remember, I thought to start thinking, wait a minute, God and sin do not mix, right? Where God is, you won't find sin. You know, the curses in the Old Testament came about when God turned his face from Israel because of the sin separated man from garden eaten because of sin, right? And we need the sinless blood of Christ so that he will be in our presence and live. Well, here in this part of Jeremiah, God is speaking about the new covenant and he's going to be with us and our sin is not. You follow me? He will be with you, but your sin will not. And again, God couldn't keep a record of our wrongs because If if he did, he couldn't dwell with us because God and sin don't mix. And so the more I started to think about this, I went to 1 Corinthians 13, 4, and 5, right? Remember, love is patient, love is kind, it doesn't envy, it doesn't boast, it's not proud, it does not dishonor others, it's not self-seeking, it's not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrongs. Now, let that sink in a minute. And if love keeps no record of wrongs, if we hold onto wrongs in our own minds, or our hearts, then we have godless not thoughts. In other words, God can't be part of that because if you've got these things that you're hanging on to that are wrongs, that are evil, God can't be part of that. And so the more I thought about that, I I, I realized that I was hanging on to death in a lot of different places and certainly within my family. Now, my mom went through quite a recovery when I was in my teenage years and She had really struggled with a lot of things emotionally, and her recovery came, which was really miraculous in in lots of ways, when she understood the verse that said, love your neighbor as yourself. Well, that verse is kind of worthless if you don't love yourself. And there was her issue. And so if you look at that, like you got to love your neighbor as yourself, well, you got to love yourself. And so what about holding on to your own wrongs. If you're holding on to things that you did wrong, those are not thoughts. Those God's not in that. And so you got this little compartment in there where God isn't because you're holding on to the evil that you've done, you see? And how can you love yourself if you're holding on to your own evil? <laughs> you see the situation. So if I kept every record of things that people did against me wrong, God can't get in there and heal that because he can't mix with sin. So I got to let go of not only the wrong thoughts about what people have done to me, but the wrong thoughts about what I have done. And the only way that I can get that done is to accept that Jesus paid for them, that his blood provides this deep cleansing that it's been paid for. It's been reconciled and God can come in there and heal. Right, Bob? Amen, brother. There's a lot of healing going on this week, I can tell you that. (laughs) Heal me. And oh, if our whole family could just let go of all those not thoughts, Bob. If I could let go of all mine. You know, love, if you look at the rest of those passages, love can do it. If you go by the promises, it says love never fails. Love keeps no records of wrong.